0: well this is not the men in your life it's the women in your life <laughs> the wives <laughs> the wives of your life and uh we're filling in today for dan and brady um one voice should at least be familiar and it's not mine <laughs> <laughs> uh so this is my first time on the podcast my name is taylor and i am uh dan's wife and then i am joined by cynthia who uh, no pressure, but I'm pretty sure that your episode was like the most popular thus far
1: Oh god
0: <laughs> No pressure So if this one tanks, either you're really good or really bad Awful <laughs> It could always be me It could always be me uh, So we are, I think, the first all-female episode of this podcast Nice I don't know why they would trust us to take over here. Yeah. Particularly me because I don't even listen to the podcast. Um, but I just want to clarify, there is good reason. It's not just because I don't listen, but I feel like I'm not the target demographic of this podcast and I don't. I also want Dan and Brady to like feel like they can speak freely and not like, oh, our wives are listening. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is good reason. I think the only episode I've listened to was yours, and that was like, I think the same time that Brady left, I also left, and I was like, the two people who are too old to be up this late are <laughs> out of here. Good night. Um, <laughs> You're younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, Brady's older than you. Oh, okay. Brady's like twice my age, so. Well, I'm like a decade older than you, so he's still older. <laughs> um, sorry, Brady. I know you're not twice my age, but it's close. <laughs> um. <laughs> and now we never get invited back to the podcast again. Never. Um. So they gave us free reign to kind of talk about literally whatever we wanted, which was a mistake. It was. Um. They because need to be more specific we were given no instructions. Uh, um, so good luck.
1: Yeah.
0: Good luck. Um,
1: sorry. But...
0: To, I'm sorry, what'd you say?
1: I said, sorry in advance.
0: <laughs> we're inexperienced <laughs> and we're unsupervised. Why would they let us do this? Um, so I was thinking, um, because this was my proposal, is that because May is Mental Health Awareness Month and uh next weekend, we'll all be together uh, doing the Out of the Darkness Walk for um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. It would probably be a cool topic to uh, dive into what it's like to live with someone who has mental illness. Okay. Um, which, wait, before we get started, <laughs> a few weeks ago. let's back up because I don't know if people know that our dynamic yet. Yeah. And so let's break down the family tree. Okay. So Dan's brother, Matt, uh-huh. older brother, Matt used to date Cynthia and I am married to Dan. Yep. So, uh, I unfortunately did not get to meet Matt. Dan and I, uh, met, I think five years mm-hmm. after Matt died. And so I only know Matt through his ghost. Um, <laughs> Is it's Matt? <laughs> I only know him through everybody else's stories. Um, and when Dan and I first started dating, we kind of uh, laughed a little bit because like, we just kind of trauma dumped on each other. And then we were like, Hey, if you don't like it, like
2: Love this is life. what you're
0: getting into buddy. So, um, and so when he shared with me about Matt and how Matt had died by suicide, I was like, Wow weird because my boyfriend also died by suicide. So like this was something that we had uh, this bond over and we talked about it from the very beginning. And I wish everybody could see Cynthia shaking her head because Dan and I met in 2016. It's not like we met yesterday. I've known Cynthia, at least the idea of Cynthia for a long time. Yeah. And the other day after years, years, not just a month, Not a day. Not a week. We didn't just meet at a random family gathering. Kind of was. It was my bridal shower. It kind of was, actually. But that was years ago. (laughs) Cynthia sends me a text. And I could tell just by the writing of the text that there was pure panic behind it. (laughs) Which, like, elated me. I was like, oh, I can sense it and I am all for it. And then Cynthia relays to me that For the last seven years, seven, almost a decade, Cynthia has believed that I was dating my own cousin. And... (laughs) I
1: didn't know you were dating. I just thought it was your cousin.
0: And so this whole time, Cynthia was under the impression that in actuality, my boyfriend was blood related to me um and the pure panic in her voice or in that I could I could sense in her text was like I am so mortified I can't believe this (laughs) yeah I wish you know I wish there had been video I had tears in my eyes because (laughs) it brought me so much joy I thought it was hilarious And I knew on the other side of the phone that you were like, just terrified that it was all starting to click together. Yeah. And then you said, I swear to God, Dan told me that he was your cousin. Yeah. So then I was like, well, this just keeps getting better. So I was like, you literally told Cynthia that I was dating my cousin. And now does your mom think I was dating my cousin? Please, what did the huffs say? (laughs) I haven't gotten their confirmation. Uh, but Dan swears that he never said that. Um, so if anyone who listens to this podcast wants to bully him about it, please. Oh, you know what? The first podcast merch should be a shirt that says my wife dated her cousin. <laughs> I would buy hundreds. I would never wear a shirt again except that. Um, oh. I, I got such joy from that that, like, I laughed so hard. I had tears in my eyes. And then I laughed so hard that I, like, I gasped because I couldn't breathe. (laughs) And I, there was real joy in that moment. And I know that some people would find that mortifying or, like, offensive. Um to me, it was hilarious.
1: But I was just like, what has she thought about? Like, why has she even been my friend? Like, <laughs> I tried to like have a conversation about our boyfriends that died by suicide because all this time I thought it was like your cousin. That I was <laughs> dating as
0: well. I hope Dan can like add in some deliverance style banjos right now in that <laughs> <ad> break. <laughs> It just, that is. So before we got started, I just had to clear that up. But yep. I didn't date my cousin, um, but it was hilarious that you thought that he was my cousin. Um, but Dan swears. He was like, I never told anybody that ever in my life. And I was like, well, uh, you've ruined Cynthia's day because from behind this text message, I can sense that she might have tears in her eyes and be a little concerned. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. So, uh, just to clarify, I didn't date my cousin. <laughs> um, that would have been real weird. Um, so how did you meet Jacob? We went to school together. Oh, okay. And I bullied him into being my friend, which it might sound shocking after hearing that I bullied Dan after. <laughs> <laughs> adds up it adds up it checks out um so we went to middle school together but i didn't really know him that well and then when we went to high school um i realized that he was kind of the quiet mysterious kid and i was like i want to know more about that um because i'm not quiet or mysterious and i was like you don't have a choice we're going to be friends (laughs) um (laughs) And the rest is history. But I think it is important uh, for people listening to know that this is the first time that we're having a conversation about this. Yeah. Well, really ever, but also with you not believing that we're related. (laughs) So that's important. This is an important milestone. Yeah. Um, And also before we get super started. And you're the social worker, so you can tell me that this is like way wrong, but I think it is important to know that uh, the two people that we are talking about in this episode are not able to speak for themselves. And so uh, anything that we say uh, for each of us, there's about 10 years of healing that has happened within the last 10 years from the time that they died till today. And so um, our feelings and recollection of events that we may talk about, uh, there's there's some other work behind that. and like i said they're not able to speak for themselves so this is just our perception and our remembrance and uh our emotions behind the healing that have happened since then so good caveat thank you thank you yeah i figured that's important because um, i think you know as people listen to this um uh, there are people who may listen to this who know matt and or her new matt and new jacob and uh they may remember things differently um, right. and that's, that's their story and that's their reality. Um, it's wrong, but it's there. It is wrong uh, and they don't know what they're talking about. So okay. <laughs> this is our perception and this is exactly how it happened. And also I think it's important to note that when you are in a relationship with someone or you live with someone or both, uh, the reality of that relationship is different Uh, between the two of you than it is with the outside world. And so what other people may believe about a person or a relationship uh, may be a facade to what was actually happening. So that's my caveat, my untrained caveat. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take my Oscar now. Um, So (laughs) uh, I don't know. I don't remember if on the podcast we talked about how you and Matt met. But I know what Carol tells me, and it's my favorite story ever. Oh, please tell me what Carol tells you. So Carol's story, and I hope she listens to this episode, (laughs) is that you and a friend went to a party. This friend, like, drug you to a party, and you're like, I really don't want to go. Please don't leave me alone. I don't know anybody here. And then at the end of the night, when she was ready to go after you had met Matt, you're like, no, 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 wait, wait. I'm not ready to go yet. I met this guy. I kind of like him. Please don't make me go yet. Is that accurate?
1: Um kind of <laughs> uh, really. Um there, there was no party. Ooh. Uh, but it was um my friend was dating Matt's roommate. And okay. so we were going like I thought there were going to be more people there. It mm-hmm. was her and her boyfriend hanging out and then his roommate. And so I was like, just expecting me to hang out with this other guy while you hang out with your boyfriend. Like that's shitty.
0: I'm just supposed to look at him from across the room, like
1: awkwardly. Like, like you don't get to just like, (laughs) or like date nights with some guy. I don't know. And like, we will be leaving. Like, you w- we will not stay here. <laughs> I am going home. So, like, we had a bit of a thing in
0: the parking lot. Went up. You had a little powwow where you were like, listen yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. We have a deadline. We're leaving here yeah. at 10 o'clock. Yep. funny business. Exactly. And um, we went up.
1: We hung out. Um, and, like uh it was really weird i um i had been out of a um like an abusive relationship i had kind of been just out of that and then i had also um been sexually assaulted by um my science lab partner at community college so i was very damaged and not looking for anything at all mm-hmm. um, and uh did not really see myself as um anyone worthy of any kind of relationship sure. either um so matt took me off guard a lot <laughs> just having any interest in speaking to me uh, Well,
0: I mean, there's just this random girl in his house, and he's like, well, I guess I should talk to her, offer some water or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's
0: what it was. Um, (laughs) It was just pity. He's like, she just got left here by her friend. I guess I'll talk to her.
1: But, like, we hung out, and, like, I actually, um, trashy as this makes me. um, I love it. We did stay. um, Really? yeah we i I stayed the night, but what? actually nothing like legit nothing happened like and that was part of um what really made me like like matt like because he, he was like, a gentleman, yeah, he did not try shit, but <laughs> he put his arm around me and we cuddled, but like he didn't try anything, and um like I think he might have tried to kiss me or maybe we did kiss or but like nothing else happened and I remember like he didn't ask he didn't like push he just like respected the vibes I was putting out (laughs) that was not something I was accustomed to and I was like this guy I like him
0: so So did he know that you were coming like did he know that you were going to be an accessory to my roommate no idea so i wasn't
1: like i i don't know like his roommate at the time uh,
0: we all have one of those
1: yeah so i was like a little bit glad when we got there that like nate was her boyfriend and not matt because i was like not gonna hang out with that other guy at all for sure
0: no (laughs) no this is already a no um i'm just gonna go wait in the car okay okay
1: yeah So um, that's kind of how me and Matt met, and then we like hung out a lot after that. And but then it was kind of like touch and go for a very long time because he was a huge commitment phobe. Um, And so like when it would seem like we maybe were like boyfriend and girlfriend, then he would like go like we (laughs) would. Um, but then like he would always just like randomly pop up or if I was out with friends and um, this was my favorite like it didn't matter where I was if I was out drinking and I texted Matt he would come pick me up
0: what a guy <laughs> I know we're not talking because you don't want to be committed but I'm very drunk can you please pick me up <laughs> no matter what <laughs> pick me up um, I love that yep even if we hadn't, like, spoken in months, he would, like, <laughs> pick me up. Um. I know we're having this unspoken break because, you know, you don't want to get married or whatever. But yeah. um, I'm down the street and if yep. I drive home, I'm going to get arrested. So can you please go get me?
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Yep. I love that. Uh,
0: so some of this can be a rehash from your first episode but again I didn't listen to the whole thing so maybe I should have done my research beforehand (laughs) literally the worst and if somebody has to just press that little little skip 30 seconds ahead button it'll be fine so when you and Matt were quote-unquote not dating because that's too much commitment at what point how long had you been together and at what point did you realize not together you know not together because that's too much commitment um and when did you realize like hey maybe there's something wrong
1: oh um it was before we ever lived together uh (laughs) uh, there were times where i ended things um because um I think I talked about it in the last podcast like I had called Carol about Matt before I ever met Matt like I had called her to say like I'm worried about him he's talking about hurting himself like I had called her about that before I ever met her Um, and so um, I know at least one time I had called the police they had picked him up And taking him to the hospital. But you guys were not living together at this point? We were not living together. Okay. Um, He was in the house in Woodbridge. Yeah, he was in the house in Woodbridge. Um, But, like, he had just kind of moved in, I think. And um, he, or we were working on the house. And, um, I had, I, um, I was at home in Centerville and, um, he called me, he was like, I forget what he really, like, I remember him saying something about like, he had a knife in his hand and like, whatever I said next would kind of like determine his next steps or something like that. It It wasn't good. Um, and I got, um. He either hung up or we hung up, but I called 911. Right. And then um, they like actually, st- it was probably the, unfortunately, I like called multiple times for him, but that was like kind of the best case scenario when I did that call because like they dispatched officers out and then they called me while they were looking for him. Mm-hmm. So they like, <clears throat> like, I I was on the phone with them when they found him. And, like, he hadn't hurt himself, but <clears throat> whatever went down, he went with them to the hospital, and then um, he got out of the hospital. I think that was the time that, like, Carol went to get him, and he was, like, already waiting outside. Um, because he was smart, and he knew what to say. Um, so <clears throat> even though he was suicidal, he knew he didn't want to be in the hospital. So, mm-hmm. Um Carol picked him up, I think, and then <clears throat> and I was ready for him to be mad at me about it. Um and he wasn't.
0: Um, so were they aware at that point? Or was this news to them? Carol? Yeah. Oh, I had called her before this. So how when this happened, how long had you and Matt been on and off? I don't know. I don't know when he got the house
1: at Woodbridge, whatever that was. It was post Philly. Thank God. But um, like, it was very early on that I made a call to her.
0: Okay. So, I mean, to me, that sounds like he was like comfortable enough. Yeah. To be like, hey, just so you know.
1: Yeah. Um, Although I don't know that he... Ex- anticipated me making any calls right Uh, and there was a call I made one time that like pissed him off but like that particular call when we like hung out the next time we hung out after that um I think he actually was asking me to move in and I was like I am not going to move in unless you get help and he was just like No, I'm not gonna do that, and um, I'm not gonna do therapy, and that doesn't work. And I was like, Well, then this isn't gonna work, and I ended things. Um, and that was really hard because, um, I felt like you know, part of our relationship was like taking care of each other, and like I felt like I wasn't taking care of him by leaving, but like, um, it was scary, and I didn't want that to continue like right i wanted like mentally stable significant
0: other right yeah and also it's kind of i do appreciate the fact and i don't know if anybody's ever said this to you but like i appreciate the fact that you were quick to be like hmm, we're gonna call your mom because like we need to get to the bottom of this because if she doesn't know um like maybe we can get the, get the ball rolling um i don't think i told him even though
1: that i went i actually my friend that um took me there to his house i i want to say i called carol from um her her sister her older sister helped me find the huff's number i think i called the <laughs> house
0: phone and it was some real fbi work <laughs>
1: yeah and um I, I feel like I was like, you don't know me, but, like, I know Matt and this happened and, mm-hmm. and she was just like, yeah, he does that sometimes. And I was like, what? what oh, okay. Um. <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> and I don't know if he knew that I did that. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know if I don't know if she ever told him or if he ever knew that. I remember meeting her and, like, being really nervous to meet her because I was like, shit, like, Did she know it was you? I
0: don't know. I knew it was me. (laughs) I had enough anxiety to know that it was me that called.
1: I don't know. I I never thought about, like, if she knew that it was me or not.
0: Yeah. I've never asked her, actually. I'm going to call her tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, before you listen to this podcast episode, I have a question. yeah but i will say um like in my situation uh i was a really young dumb teenager um who didn't have the life experience of an adult to be like hey something's wrong well i I take that back obviously i knew something was wrong but in my brain i was like i can fix this
1: Uh and i was like
0: i can fix this i can control what's gonna happen and that was like the very beginning of my control issues as a human being. <laughs> um, sorry, Dan. Um,
1: but, how, but how old were you?
0: We started dating probably fifteen. When I was oh, week. Yeah, yeah. You were really you were yeah. And then. But I, was um, least, I, was, uh, I was at
1: least I was I was at least twenty two, twenty one, twenty two when I met Matt.
0: So you had a little bit more life experience than I did. I I had none. Yeah. Um, and like I said, my, for me, I think I realized, so we started out as friends and we had a a friend group of four of us and, um, it actually worked out that my best friend was also friends with him. So Nick, Nick was like our conduit. Um, and so, uh, the three of us and then another friend, we would all hang out together and, um, it kind of like slowly morphed into a relationship, and I probably bullied him into that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's true. Um, so I think originally like as friends and also as teenagers, it started out where I realized something was wrong but I also was a teenager and was like, this is cool because and this sounds bad until you find out what I'm about to talk about. Because as a teenager, you do drugs, you drink. It's normal, right? Like that's what you do when you go to parties. That's what Cynthia's shaking her head now. She was a noob. Her parents took away her library card when she was in trouble. Um, I I mean, I
1: there were parties that I drank at, but like it like Robbie told stories like I was like, you did what when you were how old? <laughs> like, no. No, that I was
0: not. was at the not... library. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty oh, sorry. But, like, <laughs> as, like, a 16-year-old, I'm like, oh, like, who doesn't drink on the weekends? Right? Like, so to me, it wasn't that big of a deal until I was like, this happens a lot. um, And it happens a lot in excess. And that's when I was like, something's not right. And so in my brain. A lot drinking and like there was drugs but I didn't know the extent of the drugs
1: okay
0: and so like it was that was kind of just like I knew something was wrong I just didn't know what it was um and then in my brain at 16 15 or 16 I was like well I can fix this situation and I think the problem is his friends ah right because that's what teenage girls think and we're (laughs) stupid and I owe his friends a lifelong apology for being a straight up ass. Um, even today, uh, when I see his friends, I like cringe because I'm like, I was an ass to you for literally no reason at all. Um, but I, that was a thing where it was like, I realized like, wow, some of this behavior happens with the same people. So maybe if I can just like convince you that these people are not the greatest influences, like that will solve our problem. Um, and all that did was make me look like a controlling psycho, uh, and in (laughs) their defense I was, um, (laughs) so really sorry about that. Like really, really, I'm very sorry. Um, I still see them sometimes and I'm, I just like want to shrink into a hole. Um,
2: Uh,
0: yeah, so that was like my solution was like, I can fix this because I can take away what I think is the problem and that wasn't the problem. And so as those things started to kind of dwindle away, I realized like there was still clearly something going on. Um, And I think the more that I tried to like fix it, the worse it was. (laughs) Uh Cause to me, I'm like, I can fix this. Like I can just love you out of this. Uh And it doesn't work like that. Um, but in my 16-year-old brain, I was like, okay, well, we've gotten rid of, you know, drugs. And we've gotten rid of drinking. What kind of drugs? Um, not good ones. I don't <laughs> want to speculate on okay. <laughs> a public podcast. Got it. Um, but not good ones. Um, and especially not good ones for being as young as we were. Right? Like... So, um like for I me, still it was like, know
1: who to ask. Like, how you go about
0: like getting shit? Like, I, I just—you're a real dare graduate, huh? Yeah. You don't even know who to ask for drugs. Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you were sending through a shadow. Yes,
0: weed, yes, but like more than that. I, I don't. Anybody you ask could be an undercover cop, and you go straight to jail. Yeah. And then what do you say? I was just trying to figure out where to get this from. <laughs> it was an experiment. <laughs> it's for science. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's for science. I just wanted to show my kids where they could get a little bit of heroin from. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's for science. I um,
1: said one time that like the reason he didn't use that like heroin and like cocaine was because he knew he would be like addicted
0: like that. He yeah. Would be able to not. Yeah. I mean, if you have one of those personalities where. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, but also I would say in his case, there were things that took place of that. Yeah. So like, even if there weren't drugs, there were other things that were in place of that. So, you know, but I mean, Looking back, of course, so you can identify, like, you have a clear memory of, like, when you realize that things were wrong, like, way wrong. At what point in time were you, like, what do I do about this? Like, did you have that, that thought in your head where you were, like, okay, I know something's wrong, what now?
1: Um, probably that first time I called Carol was like the hardest Mm -hmm. because I didn't know like,
0: Hey, I'm some girl that went to Matt's apartment one time. Yeah. Hey, um, sometimes your, your son picks me up when I'm drunk at a bar and (laughs) yeah, like, and I, like,
1: I don't really remember what, like what happened those times, mm-hmm. um, or what he said or why I called? Clearly, there was something because I don't like make a habit of just like randomly calling people's mothers. Right. Um, I remember being super anxious about it and like wanting to like die from just like calling someone's mom because right. I didn't like to order pizza, like, right i don't want to make
0: my own doctor's appointments yeah so like definitely like
1: wasn't excited about calling his mom but i don't to be honest i don't remember what happened um that made me do that and i i remember there was one time
2: where i went to the apartment and um he like wanted to go out to hemlock
1: and like he was packing a cooler And he made, like, a comment that it wasn't a suicide mission yet. And then, like, he asked me a bunch of, like, and, like, just the way he was acting was weird. So, like, I remember, like, telling, texting, like, two people and being, like, I'm with Matt, and this is where I am, and this is where we're going.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And they, like, were later, like, what the fuck was that about? And I was, like, oh, nothing, like, because I was, Um, but.
0: Everything's uh, fine. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it was definitely at the time I was like, I don't know, like, what is happening. Um, right. It also, like, wasn't good weather. It was like raining. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, looking back, there were a lot of similarities to that night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was still at the apartment in Centerville um, then. And, um, It was a very long night. And I remember uh, he asked me a lot of questions about my dad who had died by suicide. Um, And um, I remember when we got back to the apartment, I was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm.
2: Like, what are you doing? And um, I remember him like, not, like, committing not to, but, like, I didn't, like, I don't know that I called anybody after that. Like, I want to say, what. however we ended
1: that night, like, he made me feel better that it wasn't, like, something I needed to worry about. Right. Um, And, like, during our time, like, on and off, like, he had multiple, like, different jobs. He,
2: at one point, um, we kind of ended things, and,
1: or I guess he kind of ended things. Um, he was, like, a super dick about it, and he was, like, my... He told me that like my he left my stuff on a bag on his door, and that I could come get it if I wanted it. And I was like, "The fuck."
0: No, I'm I'm just at work. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, but it was then that he had like moved to Philly, so like and what I have pieced together since was like, he kind of had a break down a little bit and um, I'm not entirely sure what happened. I think that he tried medication and I think that um, they gave him medication that wasn't like a good fit for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so like, if you give um, I'm pretty convinced that he uh, had bipolar disorder and um, if, Like, there's medications that you can give people for, like, depression, but if you give it to someone that has, like, bipolar disorder, it can have, like, the opposite effect. Um, So, I think that a little bit of that happened. And then um, he, like, moved to Philly. And then Mm -hmm. the next time I heard from him, he was in Philly. Um, And... um. I can't remember if I, like, went to a baseball game or first and we hung out. I think we, vi- we like, hung out while he was, like, in town for baseball. And then, like, I went to visit him later. But, like, things were not good. Mm-hmm. He was, like, not in a good place when he was in Philly. For sure. And then... Um, uh, I don't really remember. I, I had...
0: Um, moved to West Virginia I was dating this guy Mitch and it never works out in West Virginia from no. experience just don't do it
2: Um,
0: we like
1: things came to a head when we came home for Thanksgiving to, I mean Christmas and like we had planned to like be with my family and um like we were doing his family Christmas Eve and my family on Christmas and then like when it came to it like He was like, yeah, I'm not gonna. And I was like, the fuck? And like, we already had some problems in West Virginia. There were some issues. like, And so um, I was just like, okay, I'm done. This is over. And like, the next night, Matt texted me. And um, like, I hung out with him. And um, he was in a much better place. He was like... um, He just seemed, like, super healthy and, Mm -hmm. like, happy and himself. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Um, And uh, he did really well for a really long time. And then things started to go
2: downhill um,
1: again. And... uh, but it, even that
2: was different. Like he, um, like he talked about how he felt a lot.
1: Like we were like he basically moved me in with him. He, he was not like the commitment phobe he had mm-hmm. previously. Um, but I do think that I was living with him before he like agreed that we were dating. Like, right. Right. Like I'm pretty sure I had toothbrushes by the sink. (laughs) I live here. No, like he moved a moving truck to his house, like with my stuff, and he's we still were like not dating, but but like he moved me from West Virginia to his
0: house. (laughs) Sir, (laughs) there's a multi-state move involved. (laughs) We're in a relationship, whether you want to be or not
1: so I was like okay whatever um I mean
0: if you just want to say we're friends that's fine yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, but, but I live here so um,
1: and I remember like seeing Carol again like because we like hung out at the house a lot yeah um, and so I remember like kind of being like mm, like maybe they're not gonna be like gr- glad to see me again but like I remember like walking down the stairs because it was like a house Jerry was working on, and so we like, mm-hmm. walked downstairs, and Carol was like so happy to see me, and I was like, okay, sweet Mike. Isn't she the
2: best? I love her. <laughs> She's the best, she just, Cynthia.
0: Like, and I was like, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> she does. Now make. we're definitely dating. <laughs> yeah. I live in your house. Right,
2: exactly. Tell your mom, right,
0: exactly. Tell y- your mom <laughs> that my toothbrush is on the sink and that we're dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that so. There's a lot, a lot of story in in here, but uh, I had similar feelings that you have, or had when you were kind of like, okay, so now, like, do I call this person's mom? Like, what do I do? Uh, I don't even want to call anyone for anything. And now I have to call someone's parent and like relay bad news. And so, um, like any good teenager in a relationship does, uh, Jacob and I went to the same college. Um, great move. That's the one way to make sure you're going to have a happy, healthy relationship <laughs> for the rest of your life. So, um, <laughs> in West Virginia, yeah, do that. Um, and I, th- I think, honestly, so I have to tell a little bit of the story to get back to why I felt the way that you did with your nerves. Um, so, like, we went off to college.
1: But you and had a I- never- at this point. I was. You
0: knew his mom. Like,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. knew who you were. It wasn't like you were calling a stranger.
0: No, no. Uh, she probably. Hmm?
1: I feel like it could be a little bit scarier. Like, as a stranger, she didn't know who I was. She could have hung up on me, could have said, right. That shit crazy. With you, like,
0: she knows who you are. Like, right. And I think also there was, I think, I think when we told our parents, like, Hey, we're going to go to the same college, they kind of looked at us like, What the fuck are you thinking? Um, oh, okay. But also, kind of like an excitement thing, like, um, Jacob was not like a sit in a classroom education type person. He was definitely more of like a hands-on type person. And so the fact that he was going to college was really exciting for his mom, I think. Okay. Um, and so, uh, when we got to college, there were some growing pains because of course, like we, I should back up. Um, I should have put together a timeline. Um, before we went off to college he had lived with me for a few months i think oh okay um and there were a few times where we would get in arguments and clearly there was something wrong um but again i was 16 and had no life skills to fix that um and i thought that i was doing the right thing and of course like no 16 year old knows what they're doing with themselves a little and anyone else in a mental health crisis and so um there were a few times where like he would say things that were not not direct threats but they would kind of be like teetering on the line right of like well you know um you know if i had a shotgun i think this is what i would do and it was just kind of like oh i don't like the way that sounds Um, And so things started to get better because, like, there was this, like, elusive college experience that was, like, floating in front of us. And so, like, things were exciting and things were good. But there were still nerves because we were going to college a state away. We didn't know anybody except each other. Um, And so we got to college, and it was a garbage experience. It was so bad. Where did you go? Potomac State. Where is that even? The weirdest part is... When Dan and I met, nobody's heard of this college, literally no one. Dan and I are dating, and he comes downstairs one day with a Potomac State baseball shirt on. And I said, where did you get that from? And he said, oh, I toured that school. And I said, you better shut the fuck up (laughs) right now. Like, I think my stomach fell out of my ass. I could not believe, I was like, where did you get that? where did that come from? Because it's literally, uh, it's a two, it's, it used to be a two year school. That was like the sister school of WVU. So a lot of kids that like, they would go to Potomac state and then they'd transfer into WVU. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, where did you get this shirt? Where did that come from? Uh, take that off right now. Um, (laughs) so I was mortified. Um, so we get to college. It's terrible terrible experience i don't know if anybody works in higher education but after you hear this story you're going to shake your head because it's either something that is painfully common or it is so uncommon that it's unbelievable <laughs> or maybe a little bit of both um and i i don't know um out of respect for his brother who i don't know if he has heard this story um i will leave out details of it um just out of respect for him, uh, but Jacob attempted to take his life while we were in college, oh. and he had called me beforehand, and so I was half asleep, and I get this phone call, and it was similar to like what you were saying, where it was like, you know, whatever you say determines the outcome of this, and I was like half asleep, like what what is happening, um, and I. You know, like when you first wake up and you're like, am I still asleep? (laughs) Is this really happening? And it like immediately sent me into like overdrive. And I remember I was sleeping in somebody else's room. I literally my neighbor. I don't know why I was sleeping in her room. But I literally got out of bed and was like running down the dorm room like banging on everyone's doors like trying to get somebody to wake up like as i was running by trying to get yeah. somebody to wake up um which in retrospect like i knew where the ra was and i had my phone in my hand so like i don't know why i was wanting there are things that didn't commute com- like compute well, um woke up. right and i literally think that my boyfriend is about to die so like there's that and so like i'm running out of this building across a quad to the building that he lives in but it's after it's like two in the morning and so that door is locked Uh (laughs) and i'm like oh my god um and so when i got into i think some nice person just happened to be outside and let me in and they're probably thinking this person is crazy because like i'm literally i've never run so fast in my life um and i get to his room and i see the door is open and I see that the bathroom door is open and there's a bunch of people standing there. And I'm like, I already don't like how this is happening. And this has only happened to me once. It's never happened to me again. Um, I think it was just the adrenaline of everything that was happening. Like I just stood there and just started vomiting. Oh my God. Like everywhere. And I couldn't stop because it was just like, <laughs> I, I think I had that moment of panic. Like, holy shit. Yeah. My boyfriend is dead and everyone is here and I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. And um, that was when I found out he was not dead. And that was the night that I had to call his mom. Okay. And I, we hadn't even been there very long.
1: The college didn't call his mom?
0: No. And you know what the college's response to this whole thing was? Uh, so his roommate was interviewed and then I was interviewed. I wasn't interviewed by the police. I was interviewed by the college, like the RA for that, not the RA, the person who oversaw the RAs. Yeah. And, uh, basically his response was, so let me back up. So I called his mom that night. I don't even know where the closest hospital is. So I have no idea where they've taken him. Oh, so I'm literally like asking people as they're walking by, like, Hey, where's the closest hospital I need? To, like, cause I'm trying to figure out where to tell her that they've taken him. When you
1: walked in and he was like surrounded by other people, had he like taken pills? Had he like tried? He to was not him?
0: there. Oh. So when I came into the hallway, he was on the, the basement level. So I had to come down the stairs and like make a sharp turn. And it's just a long, creepy hallway and I saw that his door was open and then the bathroom door, like the communal bathroom door is open and there's um, his roommate was standing there. The, um, the person who's like over the residential assistance or whatever an RA actually stands for. And then like his secondhand person.
1: Okay.
0: And um, that was when I was like, Oh shit, something is wrong. They've already told, like they've already gotten here before i did huh. um and what happened was there was a trail of blood from his room through the bathroom to the bathroom sorry and that was all i saw and so i'm thinking like something's not right these they're not even trying to like call me down like
2: yeah. they're just
0: standing there so i'm thinking like what the fuck um but it, what actually happened was that the um the back Uh, door, the back of the dorm room door had a, like those long skinny mirrors Mm -hmm. and he had punched it and then tried to slit his wrist with the glass, which he did. But then he had gone into the bathroom. And I think when, I think what happened was when he realized that people were going to start coming in for him, he went out the window. Oh my God. To avoid coming back out to the people, he just went out the window And, um, so that's why I was like, he's not here. Nobody's trying to talk to me. Like what's wrong. Um, and so after that happened, I, I'm like trying to call his mom. It's like two in the morning and I don't know where he is. So I'm literally just like, "I, I don't know what's happening. Like, here's what I can tell you, but I don't know where he is. I don't know where they've taken him. You have to call the college. Like, because at that point, nobody had contacted her. Which is mortifying in itself. And so later on, when they had the next day, when they questioned us, the roommate and I, and everyone else, their response to me was, uh, You're no longer allowed to speak to him. And if we find out that you've been speaking to him, you'll be kicked out of college. They moved, they called his mom. His mom came and moved his stuff out the next day, and he was banned from the campus. Oh, <gasps> are you kidding me? No. And. Looking back, I realize now that I'm almost 30, I'm like, that is, wow, that is not how you handle somebody who's in a mental health crisis. You don't ban them from a campus. Yeah. That's awful. Um, and so he was, I think it was a three-day psychiatric hold. They kept him at the hospital. Um, And after... He left there. He went home because we, of course, were we were in a different state. So they took him home. And at that point, he had been medicated. And I don't know if at this point, because we were not, we were in two different states. And at that point, I was told, like, you're not allowed to have any communication with him at all. Um, I don't know if it was a misuse of the medication that they gave him. I don't know if it was just not a great combination of medication that they gave him, or if it was that on top of drug use, I I don't know. Um, but there were like following that. Uh, when you tell teenagers that they can't talk to each other, they just talk to each other more. Yeah. <laughs> Mental health <laughs> crisis or not. Um, and so there were a few times where there, we would have conversations that like wouldn't make sense. Like, he would say, like, oh, I'm in Florida. I'm working in Florida this week. And then he would, like, we'd have a whole conversation where I, I'm, i like, kind of looking around, like, this conversation makes no sense. Um, this isn't even a sentence. And I had tried to call his mom. Uh, that did not go well. <laughs> that was, like, the moment when I was, like, oh, this is, like. We've hit the point where she's I'm no longer in her good graces. Um, oh. And so it basically was a very short conversation of, nope, he's fine. Don't ever call me again. You shouldn't even be speaking to him. Kind oh. of conversation. Um, and at that point, I had already like I think the next day you I think had they called
1: told you not to talk to him anymore because she wanted that.
0: I don't think they had called her, oh um because she got notified from me about what happened um so i don't know i can't remember if that conversation that i had with them was before or after their discussion with her
1: gotcha okay uh
0: so i don't know um but when she came to come clean out his dorm room i was there um And I mean, she wasn't cordial, but I mean who would be after that? So, you know. Um, and so it was basically like, nope, he's fine, don't call me again. Like you just kind of need to mind your business. And after I think it was the next day after they had taken to the hospital, I called my dad and was like, I need to come home. Like I am not fit to be in college right now. Uh uh-huh. Um, this is not good for me. Like I need to come home. And my dad, I, I think was trying to give me a little bit of tough love, Yeah. but also a little bit of like, I need you to think clearly and you're not thinking clearly. And he was like, you're like, you need to just finish. Like coming home is not going to fix the situation. He needs to like worry about his mental health and he can do that, you know you guys don't need to be up each other's asses. It would probably be best if you weren't actually. Um, And I remember being so mad at my dad and thinking like, how am I supposed to sit here on a very small campus with all these people who now know what have happened and act like everything is normal. And like, I mean, like literally everyone knew. At the time, there was four dorm buildings. Maybe, really, I would say it was probably three and a quarter buildings full of students. So it's not like it was a huge college to begin with. And then I'm like, great, everyone knows what happened. And now I'm the girl whose boyfriend tried to kill himself. And I'm supposed to just act like everything's totally fine.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: cool. Um, so that was... uh really uncomfortable and so things kind of quieted down for a while and then they kind of sparked back up and we'd start talking again and again it would be things that like didn't make sense um and like there would be times where he would just call me multiple times in a row and I would send a text and be like hey like I'm in the middle of class like can I call you after this class and he would just continuously call and I'm like well this is not like him yeah Uh, In fact, he never wanted to talk on the phone. So the fact that like, he's just repeatedly calling me. And then when I would answer, he would say something like, oh, I just, you know, I just wanted to talk. Um, And it was like, you know, when you talk to somebody and you know, something's not right, like you can hear in their voice. And I was like, well, like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? And it would just be like this evasive conversation. And at that point, I was like, look um we we need to like your mom doesn't want me talking to you the college doesn't want me talking to you um we're not supposed to be speaking to each other um and clearly you're not in a great state for us to be talking right now like yeah. you you got some stuff going on um and there was just like one big blow up one day where he basically was just like don't ever talk to me again I never want to hear from you again. And so I stopped reaching out to him because it was like, if somebody tells you to stop talking to them, yeah, don't be the asshole that keeps talking to them. Right, <laughs> Like That's- respect a boundary. Yeah. Um, and so things went south, like way south after that. Um, for-, for both of us, I would say. Um, but if I would say that was probably... 2012 and then he died in 2013 and i hadn't when he died uh i the same people (laughs) i won't say him by name because i I don't want to disrespect him but the same person who i was trying to keep him from because i thought he was a bad influence uh and i was very direct in saying that i thought he was a bad influence uh called me i was still living in west virginia I was working as a dispatcher, 911 dispatcher, and I was like asleep at like noon because I had to work that night. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I got a message from him that said, "Hey, can you call me?" And I'm like, "Why the fuck would I ever call you? (laughs) I literally would never call it. Why would you even? Why would you even give me your phone number? I, I'm gonna block you. Why would you ever do this?" Um. And he's like, uh, it's important. And I was like, I still don't really want to talk to you. Why the fuck would I call you? Um, and even after me treating him like absolute garbage, <laughs> I I called him and I'm like very confused and a little annoyed because I have to work that night. Yeah. And I'm now on the phone with someone who I despise. Yeah. With my entire, you know, Soul. 18 year old being and he's like um I don't really know like how to tell you this but I wanted to tell you before you saw on Facebook and I'm like what the fuck are you talking like I'm already like I'm just ready to pop off on this very innocent man um and he's like uh Jacob died last night oh jesus and I was like mm, no no that's not a cool joke like that's not cool and uh the weirdest most out-of-body experience I've ever had in my life and this is how I know that uh someone has a sense of humor but it's not me I went to work that night because I had no other choice and I sit down and I don't know if anybody who listens to so this is a dispatcher who works in public safety, but I literally sit down, and I like put my headset on, and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, my life is shit today. And here I am at work, so it's even bigger shit. And the first 911 call I take is a 16-year-old boy who hung himself. <gasps> and I was like, Oh. All right. And I remember thinking. For my first thought was, are you fucking kidding me? And then after I took that call, and I, uh, it, it was, people responded out to it. I got up, there was only three of us, and I distinctly remember this, I don't know if, I mean, for my coworkers, it was just the average day, so they probably don't remember this, but I literally just took my, my headset off and I put it down. And I said, "Um, I'm gonna go step outside for a second. <laughs> Because I'm on the verge of a mental breakdown. And so I step outside, and uh, I had this like, this realization in my head where I was like, my world has stopped completely. Yeah. Everyone else's world is still going except the mom who just found her son who hung himself. And I don't know what to do about this and so that was when I was like I had this talk with myself where I was like I'm at work and when people call 911, they don't want someone who's having a shitty day right because they're having a shitty day <laughs> <laughs> no matter what they're calling for they're having a shitty day yeah. and so I think that was when I kind of like stuffed it down and was okay. like I have to be at work today Like, I have to be at work, Um, and I don't think I processed that whole situation until two years later. Oh, wow. Um, Like, I think it was just one of those things where I was like, I... Like, when you work in 911 or public safety, like, you you adapt to this, like, it's not my emergency, it's their emergency, and I have to be calm for the person who's calling, because the last thing they want is somebody who's going to cry with them on the phone while they have an emergency. Like, they yeah. want somebody who's going to get some shit done. And I think that was just kind of, like, what my mentality was, was, like, I don't have time for this. It was, like, I put it away, and then I couldn't touch it, even if I wanted to.
2: Okay. Um, so did you and-
0: go to No, no, I, um, they had a memorial service for him and I didn't go. I was not invited. Okay. And so, uh, I think it was partially, um, it was partially that I didn't want to go Uh because, I wanted to be respectful because in my mind, his mom was already going through enough. And so the last thing that she needed was to see me there and to have to deal with whatever feelings that she has towards me in this time of like the worst moments of her life. Um, And then the other part of it was, I think there was a moment in my mind where I was just like, even if I wanted to, I couldn't, Uh, there's no way at that point. I, (laughs) I don't have a word for this, but you know, when somebody dies and all of a sudden everyone loves them. Yeah. And I had a lot of angst about that. Um, of people who you know loved them loved him so much and he was their best friend and, and i'm like i literally i've never even heard your name before oh. um and so i think there was a lot of that for me and i was thinking like my life literally has crashed down
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh and now people are making it seem as if their world has ended and selfishly their world couldn't have ended because my world has ended. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? right. Like yeah. that can't be possible. Um, and so it took me two years to finally like really process what happened.
2: Uh-huh.
0: But I think also like in that time, between the time that we had stopped talking to the time that he died. Uh, Nope. From the time that we stopped talking to the time that I actually started processing what happened, I had gotten married, I had a miscarriage, I had gotten divorced, I had to move home and live with my parents. And so I think it was the reality of having to deal with all of that. And then it was like, oh, hey, by the way, you remember when you didn't process this too? surprise motherfucker and so I had like all of this stuff um and so that was like a really mm, I wouldn't say fun I've definitely had more fun than that um (laughs) it it wasn't my favorite time in my life um but then I was forced to like actually process everything and not just like compartment one thing right like oh it's quiet and now my brain wants to think about this and now I'm you know forced to handle that but there was something that you and Brady said on the last the episode that you were on the last time and I I don't I think it was you that said it but maybe it was Brady um something about um like being in the car and driving and thinking like, I literally hate everything oh, yeah. if I, it was you. Like yeah. if I, my thought was during that time, uh, if I hit a tree or I hit something else, maybe they'll think it was an accident. Uh-huh. And like, that was always my thought. It was never like, oh, let me hit this other car because then I would have too much guilt in my death that I hurt someone else like that was like I couldn't comprehend that I wanted it to be like this like maybe it will look like an accident and you know that can be the grieving process for them is that it was an accident you know not a big deal and so when you said that I was like oh my god somebody felt the same way that I did and it's not necessarily because and I mean, to be fair, in that moment, I was like, I need this to end. Yeah. Like, there is no light at the end of the tunnel for this. Um, to even suggest that there's a light at the end of the tunnel is offensive. Uh, beca- <laughs> because my tunnel is long and dark and sad. Yeah. Um,
1: it's actually, I know it's a cave.
0: Yes. Like. <laughs> yes. And I can't fathom right now, let alone the fact that in the future, there may be a sunshine somewhere. Like... That doesn't exist. So when you said that, I was like, wow. Uh, I wish I had known that then, that, like, I wasn't the only person who I I would never say, like, oh, I'm so glad that your life sucked as much as mine did, that, like, you also wanted to die. Like, (laughs) thank God, let's rejoice in that. But it was also, like, thank God that, like, there was somebody out there who knew what I was experiencing even if we didn't know that we were experiencing it like at the same time like same thing with infertility I would never wish infertility on anybody but like the fact that somebody else was going through it made me feel like less alone
1: yeah yeah in
0: this real shitty deck of cards that I was yeah. that I was given
1: yeah I like I really, like that that was very hard when Matt died because like a lot of our friends were like married and had kids and yeah. so their life did not stop. Like
2: yeah.
1: they kept doing their normal stuff and I was like it's all gone, it's all over for me. Yeah.
2: Like
1: um, and it was really scary for me to think that like like it was it was really important to me and scary for me to think that like he could be forgotten.
0: Yes, agree. Like
1: he didn't exist. And so like it was hard for me that everybody else was like just doing their regular shit when I was like but he's gone, he's not here anymore. Right. And um like do you guys even remember or mm-hmm. not even like, do you remember, but like, are they gonna still remember? Are they gonna like, um, and it like, looking back, like, that's stupid. They were missing him and grieving him too. Um, but it looked different for them. Like they weren't living with him. They weren't, right. like, you know, they didn't have this like history with him that I did. And,
0: um, you know, when you have kids, you have to put on a whole different face, like like, what do you mean that your kid has a first birthday party? My boyfriend is dead. <laughs> yeah, who cares that your kid turned a year old? My world has stopped. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah,
1: so like um, it, that that was hard. and then, like he didn't he didn't really like talk about feelings towards like we didn't talk about like it's weird because we like, we're talking about having kids, but like, we kind of went back and forth about marriage, but like, he never said like, I love you. Like he wrote it, but he didn't say it. So like, that was hard for me too. Like, I was like, kind of like, did he like me? Was I just, um, you know, like filler? Like what, what was happening? Like, why was I around for all of this? Um, and like did I mean anything so like I feel like I annoyed um, his one friend's wife a lot like and probably Dan too just being like uh, did he ever say anything about me like did he actually like me Um, like just kind of having that internal
0: was I important
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) please lie to me if I wasn't I
2: just need you to say yes
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, and there was a point, like, when we were living together that, um, like, I had reached out to Carol and Jerry again um, about that. I think I talked about that last time, and um, he had even, like, go to counseling, like, I felt like a lot of things were different that time than how things had been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always said, like, he wouldn't hurt himself while his mom was alive.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, because we all love Carol.
1: Yeah, part of me, like, felt safe in that. Um, right. Because he always said that, like, yeah, he might be angry and upset, but, like, he's not gonna do him anything like he wouldn't do that to his mom right right asshole did
0: <laughs> thanks for literally nothing yeah yeah and i think too like there is this i've never heard anybody else talk about this so maybe it's just me Um, uh, maybe i have no idea what i'm talking about um but there is a feeling when you love someone, no matter what kind of relationship you're in. um, But when you are involved with someone who uh, is mentally ill, no matter what, um, there is this, how do I phrase this? There is this constant lingering in the back of your head of, Are they okay are they gonna hurt themselves even on good days i think Mm -hmm. like um and so when there's always that anxiety of like are they gonna hurt themselves today like is today the day that they are going to do something is today the day that somebody like a police officer is gonna knock on my door or am i gonna get a phone call and
1: and that was something I like re- put in the note. Like the message I sent to Carol was that like, I was afraid to come home from work. Like
0: yeah.
1: I, I was going to find him. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's, there's that constant lingering feeling. And then there's that weird, I I don't know how to describe this. I don't have a word for that. When someone you love dies, um, after dying by suicide, it's like this, especially if there's someone who has a history of harming themselves or saying they're going to harm themselves or whatever, it's like, there's this, like, I don't know how to describe, like, the feeling of... Well, we're here like so it's kind of like i i don't know how to describe the feeling of like everything that i thought we had worked for everything that every moment that i thought things were getting better clearly were not getting better Mm -hmm. the I don't know how to describe it. It's like this relief is not the right word. Maybe it's like not relief as in like relaxing relief. It's kind of like relief as in like on an instant pot when like there's so much pressure and it finally comes to a head. And then you just like look around and you're like, what, what now?
2: Yeah.
1: Not relief, but relief.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's like, All of the anxiety that I've held waiting for this moment and it's here. And now what? Yeah. Like I'm only going to get the phone call one time and today's the day.
2: Yeah.
0: And what do I do now? Because I had been trying really hard to not get this phone call and now I got it and I I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, because all my effort was in not getting the vocal. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's Um, I was really
1: like he really took me off guard. And I mean, in hindsight 2020, I should have like seen signs, but like I had come home that day and he had had a shower. I had come home that day and he had had lunch with his parents. Like he was functional that day. Mm -hmm. So I was good.
0: Mm -hmm. You're thinking, oh shit, we're having a good day. Yeah.
1: I was not scared. I was Mm -hmm. not worried. I was not, um, my guard was totally down. Mm -hmm. Um, even when he was like basically kicking me out of the house and arguing. With me. My thought was not that
2: he was not okay mentally. Um, I feel like it should have been, um, but it it wasn't. Um, and like. I I was not prepared.
1: I was not expecting that. I was not, um, that was not in the realm of possibilities. But there were things that, like, I remember talking to Allison, um, his best friend's wife, like, later about that, like, things had ha- been happening that weren't, like, totally making sense that maybe should have clued me in. Like right. um he always like had a, um I can't remember now if he wanted the curtains shut or the curtains opened. Um off the kitchen there was like a sliding glass door to the deck and I can't remember which one. He either wanted it open or wanted it shut, and it was the opposite of what he wanted. And um, I remembered watching him do it. So it must have been opened because I remember watching him open the curtain. And then, like, three minutes later, he was, like, yelling at me about, like, you know, I don't like the curtain open. Why did you open the curtain? And I was like, I didn't open the curtain. And I actually thought it was weird that you were opening it. But, like, you just fucking opened the curtain. Like, he Mm -hmm. was like, and, like, like, very, like he had no memory of that, like, at all. And it wasn't just, like, oh, I forgot when I walked in. Right. Like, it it was... But, like, little things like that um, had been happening, like, up to that week. Um, and, you know, they say, like, after, you know, he died, of course, I learned more about, like, how people sometimes... But they have a plan, they seem like they're in a much better place, and once they like like have figured out how they're gonna end their life like they um you know come across as like more like like happier and stuff because they have everything like planned out and they have like an end goal kind of thing and um i didn't I did not see
2: mm-hmm.
0: that. Um. So is that something that, looking back, obviously, with your 2020 vision, is that what is something that you wish that you had known at the time that, like, what is something that you wish that you 10 years ago, 11 years ago, would have known that you know now?
1: I wish my radar had gone off a little bit more. Like, I wish it had been, like, uh, Red Flag. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I wish that when I left, um, I had called Carol.
2: Um, uh,
0: I don't mean, like, what's your list of regrets, right? I mean, we have a shit ton of those. (laughs) <laughs> About literally everything. But like, is there anything when you look back at the at your entire relationship where you like you know something now, like you were saying, like I've read now that you know, people uh, who have a plan, you know, they seem more put together and more organized. like is that something that you wish you had known then?
1: Yeah, I do wish I had known that then. Um, and I.
2: I wish I had known more on, um, also, like, 11 years ago, like, there wasn't the, like, resources,
1: not that there's, like, a ton of resources now, but, like, 11 years ago was, like, a different time. Like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, I had to search I I feel like it took me a really long time to find a free clinic for mental health services. Mm-hmm. Um
2: so like the world was different, like right. availability was different. Um like so obviously I wish that was different. Um and I um Honestly, like, at the time, I thought I had a good handle on
1: um, (laughs) mental health as a (laughs) social worker.
0: (laughs) You know, I am a social worker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: um, Like, I was, I think I had finished college. (sighs) Sorry, I think I had finished college. I had to have. Because if I was dating Mitch. I had graduated. Um, So yeah, I had finished college. I was um, not actually working as a social worker, um, but I had a degree um, and like was pretty fresh out of college. um, So I felt like
0: everything you learned hadn't just like gone out out yeah. of your
1: brain. <laughs> um. It was uh, my like. I felt like uh, after Matt died, a lot of people would like reach out and stuff about like, "Hey, somebody know is like suicidal or like, hey, and like." while i appreciate that people
2: mm-hmm.
1: think of me and think like hey cynthia can help like mm-hmm. I appreciate that i also deeply deeply hate it and um don't want that call
0: <laughs> right right
1: i don't um because like and my friend Sharon says that it's not a funny joke, but like it's not a joke to me. Um like Like, I honestly feel like I'm oh for two. Like I lost my dad and I lost Matt to suicide. Like I can't stop somebody. like right. if I had the answers on how to not kill yourself, the two most important men in my life would not have killed themselves, right. But like
0: please don't
1: ask me what to do. Yeah. I don't know.
0: It didn't If I happen. knew, you wouldn't be calling me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um and Sharon's always like, That's not a funny joke. Don't like sell yourself short like that. And it's like she doesn't use those words, she says something more profound, but um <laughs> like Well
0: thanks, me- Sharon. <laughs>
1: that is how I feel. Like it I yeah. do feel like um like, I, I am not equipped,
0: and I cannot help. But also, hi, I'm a social worker. How can I help you? But also, like, I think it's, everyone's situation is so different. Yeah. Right? Like, my my story with Jacob is completely different than your story with Matt. And no one's story or situation is going to be exactly the same. and I think it's, I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is mentioned enough that like the people who are left behind, yes, there are signs always, right? Like there's always, in retrospect, there's always something that like, now you think back on it and you're like, oh yeah, that, that was probably a red flag. I just didn't know it at the time. But we also have to, like, remind people that there is no, like, you can't guilt someone or put that on someone that it is their fault or that there's something they could have done differently or that's not how it works. Um, I I think that's probably not uh, advertised enough. Um, And it's also like when you do... So when Jacob died, I remember thinking that can't be possible because I always thought somehow we would end up back together, uh-huh. right? Like no matter what happened, like somehow we would end up being friends again or like we would see each other out or I would get drunk one night at a bar and say, Hey, I know we haven't talked in 10 years. Can you please come pick me up? <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, can you please come get me? Um, Because, it, I mean, like, he was my person, right? So, like, there was nobody to understand the earth-shattering reality that I no longer had a person. Yeah. And then I also, on top of that, had to live with the guilt of feeling like losing that person was my fault. And nobody tells you otherwise unless they're using dumb platitudes. Like, it's not your fault. This was part of the plan. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. And look, I know we all use platitudes. We do it all the time. We don't know what to say when things suck and they're shitty and they're awkward. And it's very uncomfortable to say, hey, sorry, your boyfriend died. Right? Like, nobody has any words for that. Right. let's stop telling people that, like, it's part of the plan. Fuck that plan. There's no plan in history that says that my boyfriend should be dead.
1: Yeah, thankfully, nobody said that to me.
0: It's not a good platitude.
1: Oh. No. So, so the most jarring thing...
0: Oh, this is my favorite.
1: <laughs> the favorite most is. jarring thing someone said to me at Matt's funeral was that... Um, I don't even remember who it was. It was an adult, though. and um, They said that... Um, because keep in mind, I was 27 when Matt died. Um, and again, we had been talking about having kids and having a family. Um, right. I have wanted to, like, have a kid since I, like, saw my mom be pregnant with my baby sister. So, right,
0: right.
1: Long time. Um, and at Matt's funeral, this lady was like, oh, I lost my significant other and, um, like... Ten years to the day that I buried him, I met someone new and I was like, I don't have ten years to mourn him before I start a family because my ovaries will be dried up.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for literally nothing. You could have never said this to me and both of our lives would be, mine would be significantly better and yours would be the same. So You did nothing with that.
1: Yeah, that was, um, that put me, like, kind of spiraling. I spiraled a little out of that. And I was, like, um, I was, like, kind of in my head. was, like, okay, um, I am going to, like, have to put myself on, like, a dating plan because I cannot sit here. And, like, at the same time that I did not want to, like, Matt to be forgotten, I also did not want to be his, like, grieving widow the rest of my life even.
0: yeah right? yeah uh,
1: because i was like oh shit um that could be me like i could i could just like be sad mm-hmm. for a long time yeah uh, and uh life would go around around me without me going around um but yeah, that, that was the biggest thing, but that actually at his funeral is also how I got, um, made aware really of AFSP, um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, I had not been
2: aware of it, I guess, when my dad died. Um, and, uh, um a kid that went to high school with he wasn't a kid he we were grown-ups uh
1: but uh a guy that went to high school with matt um that came to the service uh was there and he um brought he had like a afsp bracelet and he gave me the bracelet and told me like hey this is a resource if you need anything um and uh Like, he had actually also lost his father. Um, So we had uh, me and another girl um, that Matt went to high school with, um, and him, like, met up later and kind of talked about, like, our experiences with suicide. um, And kind of that, after that, I got kind of got involved more um, in the National Capital area chapter i forget how they use that national capital area yeah ncac i think is what they yeah um and got involved in that until um i met
0: robbie and moved here but would you say because i think that this is different for everybody Do you think that like being part of AFSP and and doing like the walk and being involved, do you think that that is like, I've heard people say that that's their way of trying to keep this from happening to somebody else. And for me, that's true. But I would say it's also true that like, that's how I keep people from forgetting. Right. Like I do this every year and I do it because I don't want people to forget him. And at least if like, if I'm going to do this, at least I can try and do something good with it. Like there has to be some healing in here. um, Right. And that's what it is for me. And I don't know. I know you mentioned earlier that like, that was your thing is that you didn't want people to forget him. And that's a, a familiar feeling for me.
2: Um, I actually,
1: I've never done the overnight. So I've never done, I've, I've been scared to do the overnight. Um, mostly because the fundraising terrified me.
0: Uh, and you knocked it out of the park. You are over your goal.
1: I am over my goal. By a lot. Um, so I had never done it, but I had done community walks before. Um, and I actually did one, like six months to the day we buried Matt was, um uh, my first walk and Carol came,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and we did that together and Jerry actually showed up even though he said he wasn't going to come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, I remember um, I really did that walk um, more because I needed a community. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: I searched for red beads. I searched Mm -hmm. for wearing red beads because red beads uh, is for like losing a significant other to suicide. So I was like, legit like just like mm-hmm. people would try to talk to me and I'd be like nope nope no
0: no no for red beads like you're not in the <laughs> shitty club with me no nope, nope.
1: <laughs> and um I actually did find um someone wearing red beads and um, uh, it was
2: uh, weird cause her like we weirdly kind of connected
1: through like six degrees of like Kevin Bacon stuff, <laughs> um, like her I don't even remember now, like her she was the stepmom of, or, yeah,
2: she was a stepmom of Um like a friend's friend or something.
1: I remember like having lunch with her and it all clicked. And I was like, wait, what? You're <laughs> this person? Like,
0: like I know who you are.
1: Own of her husband or her before, like I met, like I knew her through that. So mm-hmm. um that was a really powerful, like, because I just, like, I was 27 years old. How like, yeah people didn't have dead husbands, let alone, like, dead boyfriends.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah,
1: I was really trying to, like, find somebody, and, like, all, all the books and all the stuff that I could find was making it worse. Right. Because every piece of writing about like losing a loved, of like significant other to suicide i remember like finding books buying them and i like specifically was like okay i'm gonna have a bubble bath and i'm gonna read this book and Mm -hmm. it's like help me and i'm gonna feel better and it was not like it was like a compilation of stories of people that had lost a spouse and it was all like awful and that was like 10 years later I still miss you or like I got married but I still wish like I had been married to you and like I was like oh god this is never going to go away this is Mm -hmm. never going to get better and um, I am going to be his grieving widow for the rest of my life Yeah. so I like desperately wanted to talk to someone and know that like they felt the same way that I did or they Mm -hmm. were going thing and that like I was gonna be okay, like that it wouldn't hurt so much all mm-hmm. the time, like every waking moment. Um and uh I still look for red beads um but there's not really as many of them as like the other beads I feel like on walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I feel like I do um, I kind of do the walks a little bit for healing for me to connect um, to that like ugly club I didn't, mm-hmm. sign for, and also
2: um, also to remember Matt, but i I feel like he would hate
0: that I do them, yeah totally (laughs)
1: um i
0: i mean if the man didn't want an appointment with a therapist he definitely didn't want you putting his name in photos (laughs) all over the internet uh and talking about how much you miss him so that you can raise money he would be mortified
1: he would be um mortified he would he did not like me even posting a picture of him like I wasn't allowed to post pictures on Facebook. Like, That's
0: because you weren't dating.
1: Yeah. If if he found out, like, even when we were living together, like, I was not allowed. Like, he was like, he'd be like, take that down. Why'd you put that? Like, he was not. He did not want to the internet. He did not want social media. And um,
0: too bad.
1: Yeah. When he died, I remember like posting a ton and feeling like uh, take that. To post <laughs> that I had written, um, because good old Facebook memories like pops up, but like I remember feeling like, um, you know, in Home Alone when um, he's going through like the house and um, his brother Buzz's room and he's like talking to Buzz and he's like, Hey Buzz, I meant going through your room, like, and all your stuff, like, what are you do about it? Yeah. There are several points after Matt, da- Matt died that I felt like that. Like, hey, Matt, I'm posting your picture on Facebook. <laughs> what now? Like, I'm driving the car. Hey, Matt. like,
0: <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah. Um, and I put that on Facebook at one point. It was, like, a little bit like that. Because uh, there, there was also, like, a really great picture I had of him passed out sleeping and I posted that like soon after he died. Cause I was like, what are you going to do about
0: it? What are you going to do? Yeah. nothing. Asshole. Yeah.
1: Clearly sometimes I'm still
2: a little angry.
0: Uh... <laughs> hey, if that's the only feeling that you feel, um, I think you're doing great. Yeah. Cause I think, um, I had the opposite feeling that you had. Like you were saying like, I only have so much time to like get married and and have kids. Like I had the opposite feeling where I was like I, when I finally started to process what happened, I was like I never want to see another man in my life ever. Stay away from me. Um, this is I literally cannot handle this again. And so, when Dan and I met, and we like <laughs> trauma dumped everything on each other. Um, I had this feeling of like pity for him because and i think carol might have i think carol uses this phrase all the time like having to live with a ghost yeah like dan always has to live with that feeling like i then have to carry the feeling of like knowing that because jacob is dead this is what my life looks like yeah right like there. like how do you how do you quantify the feeling of like I have a husband I love most of the time and
1: (laughs) we don't want to throw a punch them.
0: I do sometimes want to throw a punch more often than not. And I have a daughter who I adore. And how do, how, how can I say that because Jacob died, this is what my life looked like. That to me is like an impossible thing to say right like in order for my life to look like this somebody had to die and that's not cool like i i don't like that i but i'm i'm kind of stuck in that like dan has to live with that too right like the funniest story ever and i don't know if you've heard this story before is um when dan and i got our first apartment together (laughs) i had this photo printed um I think I I don't even know how it ended up on the fridge, but it was of Jacob and I at this ceremony where I had gotten a scholarship for college and we're like standing together or whatever. And for some reason, it was hanging on our fridge. I don't even know where that photo is now. Um, But I guess one morning he accidentally knocked it off the fridge. And when he went to pick it up, he said, oh, hey, sorry, man, I didn't mean to do that. And then he realized what he did. And then he started laughing and then he had to tell me about it later. Cause I think it was like in the morning when he was getting ready to go to work, I wasn't even there. And he was like, I was talking to a ghost and like that to me is hilarious. Number one, but number two, like he has to live with that too. Mm -hmm. Like how, how do you like, sit? (laughs) how do you sit on a date with somebody or like, sit at dinner one night with your family and know like this this is happening because someone died yeah right like that i realize that i carry that but i also realize that he has to carry that as well and that's very um that's a that's i think one of the more difficult feelings for me to process 10 years later is like how can i say that i love my life and how can i say that i would literally trade nothing for my daughter and know that i'm my life only looks like this because he died yeah like that to me is an impossible feeling that i don't know if i'll ever understand or like ever be able to like really put into words
1: Yeah, I had not. Um, so thanks for that.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad that I could add other anxieties into your brain. (laughs) I'll just pass them off. They're your problem now.
1: I had, um, like I, there, I, I was in a relationship, um, before I met Robbie, um, that, um, I did end because I felt like, um, i do not like i don't think he was suicidal by any means but uh mentally like mental health wise he mm-hmm. was in a lot of problems and um i was like i i just kind of was like you have to take care of this or i like cannot because right. i cannot do this again right um, right and i did um and I think about that, like, a lot, like, what would have been different, like, like was that, like, trauma me being, like, no, I can't, uh, I feel a little guilty sometimes still, like, maybe I should have helped him through that, but, like, uh, Cynthia at that time was just, like, no, right. not, did not sign up for this, will not do this again. Um, right. Third times not a charm yeah. for me. Yeah. So um, that ended. And um, that was one of the things apparently I told Robbie um, that sticks with him. Uh, was that, like, I was not signing up to be anybody's mom. And I was not taking care of anybody. And that whoever I was with needed to have their shit together. So why he complains about having to do laundry and dishes,
0: you know... You me, warned him. I put it out there. Uh, you were up front. <laughs> up front, no sympathy.
1: Yeah, and I definitely like poor man. I I did not I did not think that there was any chance in how that that date would work out. And I just I spilled everything. I well, you I, trauma dumped, but I beyond trauma dumped that kid uh, on our first date, and he still came back for more.
2: And you're like, yeah. So also
1: okay. be a lesson to you because so many, um, I feel like so many of my friends like tried to coach me through dating and like after Matt died and like, we're like, no, you can't tell them about this. You can't tell them about this. Like you have to be on but, many dates before you bring this up. And before this happens, you have to do this. And, um, the one guy that I just was like, look, um, this is what happened to me. and um, This is like. Who I am. That's
0: the guy that asked me to marry him. So he may regret On it. On that same <laughs> date. He was like you know what. Let's get married. You've had it hard enough. Let's just get married right yeah. now. <laughs> uh, he may regret it some days. Some,
1: some days more than others. But back. he did. Um, he did do that. He did ask. So take
0: back.
1: Yeah stuck with me now
0: yeah yeah i think now that i've implanted that anxiety into your brain um (laughs) that's my favorite thing to give is anxiety (laughs) um if i ever figure that out the answer to that i will uh i'll share that i'll ask dan and brady to give me my own my own episode yeah yeah um but i I don't think there is an answer. I don't think there's mm. one that I'm comfortable with. Um, there's not one that's right. Um, and unfortunately, the shitty thing is, is that uh, our people are dead. Yeah. And um, that's not at all, like, the way it was supposed to happen. Um mm. And I think it's important to show what, uh, cause I think you were saying something like, you know, I don't want to be his grieving widow forever. To me, I had the opposite feeling where I was like, I am going to grieve forever. Yeah. Um, I, I, there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me, like where I was like, Oh, I want to be happy. I couldn't even fathom that thought. Um, But I think it's important to show that, like, even 10 and 11 years later, um, two people who had two very different reactions to to grief, I think the feeling is probably still the same.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, you didn't want to be the grieving widow, and I would say in some cases, like, the grief is still there.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, That doesn't...
1: I still am. I just... um... I think my fear was more being like the grieving widow that like was still sitting in his house, wearing his clothes and with a cat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am most certainly uh, still grieving, uh, but it's not um, alone in a dark house by myself. I have three cats and (laughs) A husband and a perfect little baby and two bonus kids. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, I think that's weird too. Like we probably should do an episode on that. Like,
2: I think it's weird for people. Like, um, I think some like it's hard for people
1: to understand how you can miss someone so deeply and still be like. Happy and
2: in love like mm-hmm. at the same time like yeah it's
0: kind of like when I think about it this part might actually make me cry oh we're gonna get tears no we I think
2: far. we've
0: made it this far I think it's kind of in in my brain and we can elaborate this elaborate on this in a later episode um, but if I say it now maybe I'll remember it later is that uh, Taylor 10 years ago is still stuck there, I would say. I would say if you ask me to collect my feelings or name or identify my feelings from 10 years ago, I could do it mm-hmm. easily. I can pinpoint like what hurt and what didn't and how I felt just as easily as I could have then, um but I also recognize that the person I am today is not the person I was 10 years ago yeah and um sometimes I wonder on this side like if he would even recognize me yeah right like I am not the person I was 10 years ago and like sometimes that's a bittersweet feeling of maybe, Ooh, that thought got me. Um, maybe that's where Taylor from 10 years ago is supposed to be. That's the Taylor that he's supposed to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also like, I saw something one time that was supposed to be, like, (laughs) vengeful and spiteful, Uh, but I took it in a different way, and it was something about, like, it it was, like, a meme or something, like, a tweet from someone talking about how, like, they had a professor in college who said, like, "Your uh, your shitty boyfriend 10 years from now or your shitty boyfriend from 10 years ago doesn't know that you now, because the atoms of your body are different, mm-hmm. um, because the energy in your body is different. And like, I actually kind of took a little bit of comfort in knowing that, like that version of me is reserved for him. Mm. Right. Like, so when I think about me now versus me 10 years ago, they're not the same. Yeah. Um, and maybe for good reason, I don't know. Um, but it's kind of like I have comfort in knowing that, like, the Jacob that I knew is not the Jacob that everybody else knew. Just like the Matt that you knew is not the Matt that everybody else knew. It's kind of like that one thing, right? Like, that's personal to you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yep. And all it took was four hours of recording to get me to cry. <laughs> that was it. No, only an hour and 58 minutes. That's it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Um, so I think we can probably close this episode now if you've listened okay. this long. Uh, clearly you're glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, I would say the only thing I have left to say after two hours of talking nonstop is that um, I guess if you or someone you know is hurting, you can call 988 or text home, H O M E, to 741741.
1: Nicely done. I could have said it better myself.
0: What a gift. You are. All right. Well, maybe next time they'll invite us for something happier to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I really should. You really should. They really should, truly. <laughs> all right, well, if you've listened this far, thank you. And uh, maybe they'll invite us back. Actually, you know what? Make this the best episode. Leave tons of reviews about this one. Yeah. Uh, talk about this one the most. Give it tons of plays. Even if you're not listening, just put it on in your car or something. You can turn the, music, the volume all the way down. We just want to show them that we did a really great job.
1: Maybe we should do, like, um, little live clips from the walk that would be
0: fun yeah photos
1: yeah that would be good yeah
0: that'd be fun time
1: well i love you and i'll see you next week
0: i can't wait i love you too what a great episode
2: yes